everybody. He's Herman. I'm Eddie. She's Lily. Uh, Liz is Marilyn. No, wait. Wait. Drew's grandpa. I'm Herman. Anyways, we're not the Monsters. We're Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drew, how are you doing? Uh, doing fantastic. How about that Monsters theme, Ted? Tunches, how are you? Big fan of the Monsters growing up, were you? Yeah, I was a total fan of the Monsters. Interesting that we're doing that this week because this weekend I taught Drew how to make his own cheese and now mm -hmm. he just can't stop making it. I'm pretty sure I created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for coming. It was a good show. Uh, that's it. Drive safe here uh, in the Midwest. I mentioned last week, you know, when you come home from school, there's like a bunch of shows on from like 3.30 to 6. The Monsters was one of those shows that I, I only saw black and white shows. And then do you remember a couple, three years, whatever it was, after the TV series canceled, they had a movie and the movie was in color? Yes. Completely mind-blowing. Because all the skin was green. Yeah! Yeah, it ran 64 and 65, only two seasons, but they still came through with 70 episodes. The cast was just incredible. Matter of fact, yeah. you know, Al Lewis, who played Grandpa, I got to play blackjack with him for a day at Caesars. It Did you really? 1980, 1988. I don't remember the 80s that well, Tess. <laughs> Chicks cannot hold their smoke. That's what it is. <laughs> it was late 80s, but I got to sit at a table with Al Lewis. And yeah, one of my favorite shows. The two things I remember the most from that show, well, besides Grandpa's Laboratory, was they always had really <laughs> cool cars. And I'm not a car guy, but they had just awesome looking cars and then the fire breathing dragon or monster or whatever it was that lived under the stairs spot spot yes spot, spot. that was my favorite part i was when the stairs would open up and you'd see the flames yes that was great dude scared the crap out of me when i was a little kid speaking of monsters we have a current monster playing on the minnesota vikings at running back and that's the jersey we got hanging tonight and that's dalvin cook drew tell us a little bit about dalvin cook dalvin cook 3,661 career yards, 43 games he's played with the Vikings. He's fit right into the long list of great running backs we've had here, along with Chuck Foreman and Robert Smith and Adrian Peterson. He had 800-yard games last year, Ted, including one 200-yard one against the Lions. But half the games he played in was a 100-yard rusher. I know he catches a lot of flack for the injuries, but Dalvin Cook is the MVP of this team, Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. He's I, uh, everything. I would agree. How they got him in the second round, I don't know. I had him on the Drew board as the number one running back. I think McCaffrey was the only guy taken ahead of him. I believe the Vikings traded up in the second round to be able to get him. Yeah, 41st overall. But I watched a lot of his play at Florida State. So when I knew when the Vikings got him, I knew he was going to be what he turned out to be. I love his running style. Anybody who watches Vikings football very closely knows that he is a huge part of this team. Yeah, they kind of run the offense through them. And I, I, I think as long as Mike Zimmer's going to be here, it's going to continue to be that way. And if you're going to be a run first offense, you're pretty fortunate to have a guy like Dalvin Cook doing it for you. 40 plus receptions in three of the four seasons he's been here. He's been a hell of a receiver coming out of the backfield as well, Ted. You know, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago when Chuck Foreman opened the show for us. Yeah, that's, that's right. Chuck Foreman opened our show. I'm still pretty fired up about that. Come on, guys. What he's played four years now, well, three and a half, that first his rookie season mostly washed due to that knee injury. I don't think he has the moves Chuck Foreman had, but I would argue he's a little bit stronger of a runner. He, he doesn't have the spin moves, but I think he's just as elusive, but in a different way. And he's just as versatile in terms of being able to run the ball and catch the ball equally well. 
he just signed a, a nice extension last year, so he'll be on the Vikings for a little bit longer. So, how many Dalvin years Cook, is that extension? Uh, three. I'd have to look it up, but they signed him to an extension just before last season, so he's going to be on the team for a while. We had mentioned earlier in the season he's eighth all time on the Viking rushing list, and if he gets a thousand yards this year, he will pass three more running backs and be fifth all time. So, he's got some milestones ahead of him. So speaking of jerseys, again, we are doing our first live broadcast. It's going to be Thursday, April 29th, during the first round of the NFL draft. And during that broadcast, we are going to raffle off a Justin Jefferson jersey. Yeah! At some point during this show, we are going to utter a secret Fraser word. We don't know what that is. Drew doesn't know. I don't know. It's decided by Toonses and the producer, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hope everything's well with you. And when we say that secret word or phrase, you'll see a graphic on the screen that says, this is the secret word or phrase. All you have to do is in the YouTube comments below, write in the secret word or phrase, and boom, you're entered. That's all you got to do. You can only enter once per show, but we've got eight or nine shows left after this one, and you can enter for multiple shows. If you have entered since we started this drawing, which was three shows ago, nine plus three. Plus tonight, carry the one. Plus. Your name's in there a lot. <laughs> you can have up to 13 chances to in the hopper. This, in the in the hopper. The hopper. Yeah, the hopper. The hopper. 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 Yeah. What's a happening hot stuff? So <laughs> Remember that guy? 16 candles. Yeah, it's a great movie. What's a happening hot stuff? You get your name in there, more chances to win. That's the better deal. But it's a beautiful yeah. jersey, and it could be yours. And we are giving it away on draft night along with other prizes. Draft night's going to be huge, huge, huge. So on your deathbed, you will receive no money, but you'll have this jersey. <laughs> so you got that going for you, yeah. which is nice. So, Dalvin Cook, that's our jersey contest. I think it's time to roll into Vikings and NFL news. We record on a Monday. I think I mentioned that almost every show, but it just broke a couple hours ago that former NFL wide receiver from the then San Diego Chargers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Vincent Jackson, was found dead in a hotel room at the age of 38. Very, very sad news across the NFL world that's that's breaking right now. Drew, what do you what do you remember most about Vincent Jackson? I remember Vincent Jackson being one of the top dominant wide receivers in the league. He was probably top 10. Very, very good at San Diego. And I think he left by trade or by free agency and went to Tampa Bay. For three or four years, he was one of the dominant guys in the league. But I think he played over 10 years, Ted. 12 years in the NFL. In three, four, five, six of those years, he had over 1,000 yards receiving. Led the league in 2012 with 19.2 yards per catch. Finished his career with... 540 receptions, 9,000 yards, and 57 touchdowns. The late Vincent Jackson. So, so, Mm. so sad. Our thoughts here at Vikings Report go out to Vincent Jackson, your family, friends. Just really, really hard to hear. Really hard to hear stories like that. Sad, sad news. As far as the Vikings and NFL news, there's really not a whole lot of Vikings news that that went down this week. We are knee deep in the part of the offseason where we play the game. Let's sign every free agent to the Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, Drew. How about Pramal Shaw? Come on down. We talk about the misery of being Minnesota Vikings fans. How would you like to be a Houston Texans fan right now? Oh, jeez. They're... Oh, been watching football 50 years, Ted, and I've never seen a team in that much dysfunction as Houston. Do you watch the show Shameless at all? Yes. They're more dysfunctional than the Gallagher's, brother. <laughs> they're, 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 
franchise quarterback wants nothing to do with them. They hire a coach that nobody likes, and then they cut arguably the the cornerstone of their franchise, the face of their franchise since they came into the NFL, and that would be one J.J. Watt, defensive end, all pro. There are 32 teams in the NFL. J.J. Watt has been linked to, I think, 37 of them. Mick? (laughs) (laughs) Frank Gallagher. Is he the GM, Frank? Yeah, he must be. And the lady who plays V is a big Viking fan. Shanola Hampton. Uh, if anybody out there watching this show and knows Shanola Hampton and get her on, we'll interview her for free. Yes. Yes. Get her on here. We want her on here. And if her TV husband, Kevin, wants to join us, that'd be cool, too, because Kev's like he's become my favorite character. Not get to get too deep into Shameless, but yeah. So I think J.J. Watt, if the NFL is Captain Ahab, J.J. Watt has become the great white whale. Because everybody's chasing after him. I'm going to tell you this right now. Everybody says the Vikings should sign him. The Vikings should sign him. The Vikings should sign him. Let me flip this around. If you're J.J. Watt and and you pick up your phone and you see it's Rick Spielman, GM of the Minnesota Vikings call you, are you going to return the call? What incentive do you have if you're J.J. Watt to come sign for the Vikings? Serious question. You might call Spielman to see if he can get a Justin Jefferson jersey. I mean, signed jersey. I don't think he's going to be calling to play here. I mean, at this stage, Watt has to go to a team that's going to make a serious run. I'm not killing the beast out there saying the Vikings don't have a shot at the Super Bowl, but there's other teams that are set up a little better than we are. Do you remember where he went to college at, where J.J. Watt went to school at? Wisconsin. Yeah. So Green Bay and Pittsburgh, his brother T.J. Watt plays for the Steelers. Those have been the two teams that he has been most linked to as potential landing spots. I I I would think he wants to play for that stinky-ass team. (laughs) I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he ends up going. They're, they haven't done anything the last two years anyway. No. Why would you want to play there? Got a coach in his second year. Hasn't done jack. <laughs> two straight NFC title games. We're trying to get ahead of the Lions. We just want to be above 500 every other year. Goals. Yeah, you know, life what, goals. Watt was big in that community, too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is a huge mess there. And the president just quit. He walked away from his position. I don't know. But he's not He's not coming here. He's like, no. this, Watson's not coming here either. All right. Now, two other names that were kind of sort of linked to possibly coming to the Vikings. One was defensive tackle Geno Atkins, late of the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody said, well, you know, there's there's a familiarity there with Zimmer and Cincinnati. And okay, I would argue there's more of a familiarity with Geno Atkins and the Vikings defense being bad. Because last year, Geno Atkins, according to Pro Football Focus, his total score was 54. What does that mean? Is that good? Well, by comparison, Shamar Steven, Stefan, who we think is terrible, his overall rating was 61.7. Armin Watts was like 60.7. And he's worse than those two? He had as many sacks combined as you, me, and Tunces did in the NFL last year. <laughs> he had one more hit on the quarterback than you, me, and Tunces had combined last year. And if you, me, and Tunces had one Quarterback hurry each, we would have equaled the output of Geno Atkins. That Oh, that's that's not good. If Geno Atkins gets signed by the Vikings, just shoot me into, into the, the s- sun. The sun. Directly into the sun. Um, <laughs> the last guy that was on the let's sign him to the Vikings carousel. Make that the was call, making- Rick. Make the call. <laughs> Make the call. Nick Easton, former starting left guard or right guard. What do you think about Nick Easton? He's not, he's probably not coming back to the Saints. Getting Nick Easton isn't to me moving forward. It's just, he's serviceable. He's a good player, but we can do better and we can do better towards the future. That guy, you know, nagging injuries. He's on the downhill side of his career. I think we can do better. Now, now he would be better than Dakota Dozier. 
hands down. You think? I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Frank Gallagher, better than Dakota Dozier. <laughs> Fiona would be better than TJ Dozier. Yeah, or Carl. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> so those were kind of like the big three names that were that were circling out there. And I, I think we both agree, J.J. Watt didn't come in here unless he's kidnapped. And neither of us want anything to do with Geno Atkins or Nick Easton, correct? Geno Atkins, maybe five years ago. I mean, yeah. Nick Easton doesn't feel like you're rebuilding and moving on to something exciting. J.J. Watt is going to end up in Tampa Bay. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Make a, so you predict J.J. Watt's going to be in Tampa. I actually think he's going to end up in Miami, dude. Do you really? Yeah. I'm going to predict Green Bay. If you're J.J. Watt, you want a Super Bowl ring at this point. And I, I think Green Bay's in better shape than Pittsburgh because I, I think they got a lot of uncertainty with Ben Roethlisberger. And, and you know he's got college buddies back there. And he was very popular when he was there. Like you said, he did a lot in the community. I, it just kind of makes no sense, which I hate. Stupid team from Wisconsin getting all the players. Hope I'm wrong. All right. Uh, so that pretty much covers the Vikings, the NFL news. We're moving on to our positional review. Last week, we talked about quarterbacks. This week, we are talking about running backs. We opened the show with Dalvin Cook. Obviously, he just signed a big extension. And real quick, the current roster of Minnesota Vikings running backs are Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, Kelfani Muhammad, CJ Ham, and Jake Bargus. Amir Abdullah is currently on the roster, but he's set to become an unrestricted free agent. If there's one position the Vikings aren't going to take a lot of looks at in terms of free agency or or fairly early in the draft, if you're going to pick a position group, I would argue would be running back, yay or nay. If they take a guy, it's got to be mid to late rounds. I don't know if they're going to do much in free agency. When you're talking about the backup to Cook, let's face it, you're talking about a guy who's not going to play much. I like Alexander Madison, but I know at this point he's a 25-rush, 70-yard guy. He's not going to get you 150, 160 on a weekly basis. It's all about, it's a Cook show. Between the third, fourth, and fifth round, they got like seven picks right now until they trade them all back for seventh rounders. But uh, <laughs> can we please go quality over quantity for one stinking draft, Ted Glover? Please. No, no, it's not going to happen. The call, put the call in right now and say, stop trading back all those guys and just take guys. This is Rick Spielman's fever dream regarding the draft. Rick Spielman will not be satisfied until he owns every single seventh round pick. And someday that's going to happen. And like he wants to he wants to die and reach Nirvana and come back reincarnated as like a future Mr. Irrelevant. Here's kind of the misleading part to it all. The draft starts on Thursday, Ted. By the way, Thursday this year will be our draft show. Starts on Thursday, it goes Friday, and then it goes Saturday. And then by Sunday, everybody says, we got 15 draft picks. We rock. We're the best. We got 15 guys. We had, look at all the picks we got. But what you got to realize is if you track that for a year, the last seven guys never make the team. Like nobody, nobody looks at it. They've all lost interest by then. Give me six guys that have a realistic chance of making the roster as opposed to 15 guys where four or five might make it outside of the top two or three guys. Maybe two more might make it. Every every once in a while, one of those late round guys will fall through. But look at the majority of them, Ted. The majority of those guys don't even end up on the practice squad. They end up out of football. So why are you trading back for guys that aren't going to be on the team? Because Tom Brady was a sixth round draft pick. Oh! (laughs) If the Vikings draft a quarterback in the sixth round and somebody makes the Tom Brady comparison, I'm going to find them and I'm going to hit them with a (laughs) flamethrower. Stop it. 
There's one six-round quarterback in NFL history that's made the Hall of Fame, and it's Tom Brady. In that's 100 it. years. Yeah. That's your yeah. list. How many of those guys from our current roster are going to be here next year that you just read off? Well, right now, Cook, Boone, and Madison are on the roster for next year. I would bet C.J. Ham is probably a lock for fullback over Jake Vargas. Kalfani Muhammad, I don't know what your favorite memory of the Kalfani Muhammad era was, but <laughs> I can't come up with one right now. He won't be around. The Vikings usually only go with like four running backs total if you include C.J. Ham. Last year, they had four running backs and a fullback. So if they don't bring back Amir Abdullah, Oblongata, which is like the greatest nickname ever, they have room for one more. Are there any free agents that just jump out at you? No. I, I mean, no, there really, there really <laughs> isn't. I mean, it's, I don't know. Well, it's a good segment. Well, the the, no, the, no, the guys that jump off the page at me, we have no shot at. We're not getting Kenyon and Drake over here. I mean, he's a no. starting running back. That would be guys if you don't have a cook. Drake's too much money. Gurley's too much. Ingram's too much. Matt Breida, Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead. We could find one of those guys in the draft, Ted. When you were a kid, your mom, did she always take you shopping for school clothes, like right before school started? Uh, every year. We, we were really poor growing up. Mom would take me to JCPenney's or Dayton's or whatever, and I'd go over to the Levi's rack, you know, where the Levi jeans were. My mom would grab me and she's like, no, uh, young man, you come over here and you pick out three or four pairs of tough skins. You ever have tough skins <laughs> jeans? Yeah. <laughs> they, they had the reinforced knees, and if you bent down, it cut off the circulation yeah. from your that, knee down. You can get drugged by a pickup truck for four miles on gravel, <laughs> and that thing would not be, your knees would be fine. They were tough, but they were like wearing two pieces of two-by-fours on your... And they didn't come in blue. They came in like red and green, everything but blue. So you show up to school wearing a red pair of tough skins. You, you, it's, it's a character builder. That's what all these free agents look like. It's like the clearance tough skin rack, man. Do you see us getting a guy off this list that's going to play backup to Cook and spell Cook? I mean, I, I suppose they could upgrade from Mike Boone, but the extra money, I mean, Tevin Coleman is a guy I, I like. I mean, I, I liked him when he was in Indiana. I liked him when he was with the Falcons. Uh, James Connors had some good years with Pittsburgh. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, but I, you know, he's, he's, he's going to problems, Ted. Yeah, that, and he's going to cost like $5 bucks if you believe spot rack, and that's what they're paying Dalvin Cook. No. You're not going to pay $10 bucks to, to two running backs. You're just not. So, no. Carlos Hyde, OHIO. I think he backed up Keith Byers back in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, I love Carlos Hyde, but I, I just, you look at that free agent list and there's, I mean, the Vikings have two really good running backs in Madison and Cook. I think Madison's a clear downgrade from Dalvin Cook, but for a backup, he's about as good as you can get for a backup running back, I would argue. Yeah, I don't see them having much action on the free agent end for running back. No, but let's get to some of your draft picks because I would bet there's a couple guys worth taking a look at that you might want to put on the roster over Mike Boone with a chance to move up and become a featured guy in a year or two, depending on injuries and what have you. Okay, let's get into that. First off, if you look at the top 15 running backs, it's not a star-studded class. There's no Gurley's or Ezekiel Elliott's or Dalvin Cook. You've only got one guy, Travis Etienne, as a clear first-rounder. Yes, and I think he will be the only first-rounder. It's basically him and Najee Harris. The only guy that comes close to touching him is Javante Williams from North Carolina, who's my number three on there. He had 1,140 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. Wow. And what makes it more impressive is he was running back by committee with Michael Carter, who had 1,245 yards and another nine touchdowns. So between them both, they had 2,400 yards and 28 touchdowns. Javante Williams getting 19 of those. What is Mac Brown putting in the water? I don't know. I think Michael Carter coming off what he did at the Reese's Senior Bowl, he had 60 yards and a touchdown. They both had really good weeks of practice there. 
I gave Javante a little bit of a higher rank because I think he's got further potential, even though I think Carter's more pro ready now in terms of seeing the field, the vision and the blocking. He's certainly a better blocker. Mm-hmm. I think he's further along fundamentally now than Javante Williams is. But I think I like Javante Williams. The guy is mean. The guy is tough. He's very physical. His contact balance, what I like to call it, has nothing to do with twitch. Let's get it right. It has nothing to do with twitch. <laughs> His yards after contact are impressive. If you look at these highlights, you'll see that he is a very angry runner, Ted. Javante what does he Williams. remind you of? Do you have like a comparison? He kind of reminds me of Alexander Madison, but a little bit faster. Okay. Because Madison, he'll run you over too. He has kind of like that angry streak like Marshawn Lynch had when he ran. And I think he might have a chance of dropping. Maybe we could use one of those fourth rounders on him, maybe a third rounder, but it does it for him. The next guy I'd like to talk about is a guy named Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Kenneth Gainwell is the most versatile back that I researched in this year's draft. He's just as dynamic out of the backfield as he is carrying the football. And in this day and age, let's face it, if your running back can't catch, he's got to be a hell of a running back to stay on the field. 1,459 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. He also caught 51 passes for 610 yards at Memphis. Memphis lined them up outside the numbers, Ted. They lined them up in the slot at tight end. And then, of course, they lined them up in the backfield as a running back. They lined them up all over the place. Now, he missed out on last year because of COVID. So everything has to draw back to 2019. But the year he had in 2019 was great. 281 touches, no fumbles. And also, he had five plays of 60 yards or more. Really? You know how I feel about the chunk yards, Ted. It's important. That's the second guy, and I think I have him, what, number five on my list? Yes, you have him fifth. Again, probably higher than Kuiper has him, but you know what? Who the hell's Mel Kuiper? (laughs) Who the hell is Mel Kuiper? That was like the best draft clip ever, still to this day. Let's play it. Let's hear it. We'll roll it. You know, we got a guy up there. Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper in a way? My seventh guy on the Drew Big Board is Trey Sermon from Ohio State. That's your team. That's your boy. Let's throw it back to you. I'll run some highlights, and you tell us about Trey Sermon. His first four or five games at Ohio State were not that impressive, and and everybody was excited that he was coming to Columbus because J.K. Dobbins, the great Ohio State back, had graduated, got drafted by the Ravens, and and Trey Sermon came in with that resume, kind of another J.K. Dobbins, strong guy, can break it and take it to the house anytime, and his best game was against Rutgers. He had 12 carries for 68 yards. He finally started to pick it up late in the year. If you remember watching the Big Ten Championship is when he exploded. Ohio State rushing record single game rushing record of 331 yards reminded me of Tim Biakabatuka against Ohio State back in the day now I think Trey Sermon has the ability to be a a fairly good receiver out of the backfield he just hasn't done it a lot because he just wasn't asked to he was asked to run the ball and and he tore up Northwestern and he added another almost 200 yards rushing and a touchdown against Clemson he's played very well against the best college football has to offer you got him as your your seventh guy in the what round do you have him in the third or fourth yeah and I think I see him higher than a sixth round pick Ted I do because he looks so dominant when he runs and you mentioned the other trait that if you don't do it well you're on the bench and that's blocking yeah I don't think the Vikings are looking to replace Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison, obviously. But if you need a, a third down running back, a guy to come in, if Cook gets hurt or Madison gets hurt, that can step up and, and play. I, I think he'd be excellent for the first few years. That's my last guy on my list today. Mr. Larry Roundtree, the third. 
Look, Roundtree played for Missouri, and he's your classic example of a tremendous football player, tremendous running back who played on a shitty team. When he left Missouri, he ended up being second all-time in all the rushing stats, 3,700 yards and 40 touchdowns. Only behind Brad Smith, the old quarterback. I have him 14 on my list. He might be able to go a little higher than that. I think he's got a chance to carve out a workhorse-type career in the NFL. I really do. He has great receiving skills, and he, too, can block out of the backfield. Now, the only knock on him is he's not a burner. He's not going to probably pick you up a lot of big chunk yards, but he's got real shifty feet. He is like little Scotty Graham, but a little bit quicker, a little shiftier on the outside. I I like his tape. I like everything that he can do. He can provide so much in a lot of different areas for you, and I think that's important for backs in the NFL now. Even if he's just coming in to spell Derrick Henry, that's where I actually think he's going to go. I think the Titans like a guy like Roundtree. Can can I ask you about one dude? Oklahoma State running back Chubba Hubbard, your number 10 running back. At the end of 2019, Chuba Hubbard was my number one back on my board. Why did he drop? You know, he just, he had fumble problems and he started getting banged up and nicked up too much, turning the ball over. And I'm not saying he's a scrub. He's a very, very good running back. But I think in the course of the last year, he hasn't done himself any favors. You think he might be a guy the Vikings would look at in the fourth or fifth round? I mean, because they have all these extra picks in the third, fourth and fifth round. You know why I would? Because of what I seen two years ago, Chuba Hubbard, he can end up being the best back on this whole sheet. That's how much potential he has. He may have fell off the map a little bit this last season, but he could certainly regain what I saw him do. He could be right up there with them. Another guy I wanted to mention, my number 11 guy, Demetric Felton from UCLA. I don't have any tape for the show here, Ted, but go ahead and YouTube Felton from UCLA and tell me what you think. We'll revisit that in the next show, but he's uh, a Swiss Army knife type of guy. He's no David Palmer, though. (laughs) Well, there's only one David Palmer. God, I loved watching that guy play. I did too. So the Vikings have two third-round picks, three fourth-round picks, and two fifth-round picks. So they got seven picks. I would argue any one of those guys that you or I have talked about, I would think to be a fairly decent upgrade over Mike Boone. It's nothing against Mike Boone personally. I just have never really thought a whole lot about his game. And if there's a running back roster spot that I don't know that is 100% secure like Cook and Madison are, it might be Mike Boone. And I, I would think any one of these guys could do what Mike Boone does. That's just me, though. After you get past Cook and Madison, I think we can get anybody in there. And one of these guys on this list of 15 could end up being better the first six games than Boone was. Chuba Hubbard, dude. Watch out for that cat. All right, so that should pretty much wrap up the running back position. So that gives us quarterback and running back for these last two shows. Uh, Next week, we are coming back with what position are we going to do? We are doing tight ends next week, Ted. We'll keep this draft, free agent, current roster thing rolling that we're on right now. We've got a good roll, Ted. It's time for a quick commercial. And then on the flip side, we'll be doing Toots' Trivia. Hit it! Do it, Ted! Let's do it! Let's go. Here's a groovy new sound of the great now-looking jeans for teens of tough skin. Anything you want to do. Skins jeans from the put-on shop at Sears. They've got flares and plaids and solids, and they're tough enough for the way you wear them. Just $8.49 to $8.99 in sizes 25 to 34. They do more than fit legs. They fit you. Baking holiday cookies has always been a family tradition at our house. It's easy with Pillsbury sugar cookies. I just slice, shape, and bake. And the cookies come out hot and fresh. And Jim and the kids do the decorating. How about a a green Santa Claus? Oh, Daddy. Home-baked holiday cookies from Pillsbury. Look for the free holiday crafts book right in the package.
All right, welcome to Toonsis Trivia. How you guys doing? Hello, Toonsis. Hello, Toonsis. Hello. So today we're going to be doing Drew and Ted versus the viewers. Yeah. yeah, bring it on, viewers. I've gathered 10 questions from different viewers, and let's see how you do. Either of you guys can answer. First question is from Ryan Johnson of the Gallahorn Group. Rhino. What up, Rhino? Rhino asks, what year did the Vikings win their first postseason game, and who was the game against? So he's, he's asking who our first win was against. Yeah, so what it had to have been 69. Rams? They, yeah, yeah, it was the Rams because they beat the Browns in the NFL championships. Let's go with Rams, 69. Rams. I think Rams, 1969. That is correct. All right, we got it. Nice. Good job. Thanks, Rhino. Very good question. Thank you, Rhino. Rhino. Rhino, Rhino, bing, bang. <laughs> Rhino, <laughs> Rhino, man. <Hey>. Making copies. <laughs> Only one copy for the Rand man. Randy. <laughs> What a great character, dude. <laughs> uh, okay, what's number two? Okay, the second and third question come from the Vikings Gazette. Oh, right. Kyle. Kyle. What up, Kyle? So the first one is Adrian Peterson has the most rushing yards in a single game in NFL history. How many yards did he run for that game? 296. Dang. Yes. Yep. Shout out for Kyle on the Viking Gazette. I yeah. love that site. That's a great blog, great new blog. I, really good writing, and yeah, check it out. VikingsGazette.com. Awesome. Next is another question from the Vikings Gazette. What current Vikings D lineman attended the Kirk Cousins football camp as a youngster? Oh my God! What current Vikings defensive lineman? Yes. Probably one that piles up a bunch of sacks at the end of the game when it doesn't matter. <laughs> This is a tricky one. Uh, you know, this is going to sound like a Homer answer, but I'm going to say Jalen Holmes. Holmes. I'll say Jalen Holmes also. Uh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh, gotcha. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it is Kenny Willikus. Willikus? God darn it. Kenny Willikus. That's right. I thought Willikus, of Willikus. Willikus went to Michigan State. I thought of Willikus. Doggone it. I hate your blog. Your blog sucks. <laughs> Go, no, everybody, vikinggazette.com. It's really Check good. it out, vikinggazette.com. All right, the next two questions come from Ed Zeidler. Eddie! Ed Zeidler. The first one is, LaShawn McCoy just won back-to-back -back Super Bowl rings with two different teams. Name one other person who has done this. I know Deion Sanders did. He did it with San Francisco and Dallas. Done. Yes, you are correct. Uh, we should have said, okay, no, 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 you're not done yet. I'm changing the rules. You named two. Was it Charles Haley? I was going to say Charles Haley was the next one. Um, if he did, it's not on the list. We got, we get the point because you just changed the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Who are a couple others? Other acceptable answers were Ken Norton, Derek Martin, Brandon Browner, Chris Long, and LeGarrette Blunt. All right, John Ross broke the 40-yard dash combine time in 2017 with a time of 4.22. Who set the previous record in 08 with 4.24? That guy that was on the Titans. I, I'm not thinking of his, help me out, Ted. David Johnson? No, 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 no. The Titans guy. Why can't I think of it with the dreads? What the hell? Eric, uh, Eric Chris, Henry? Chris Johnson. Oh, Chris Johnson. He had a yes. 4.28. 
four points. You're today. correct. Of course I'm what? correct because I follow the draft. Look but at that the knowledge. All right, the next question. This comes from Domino and Rexy. Domino, Domino. Domino and Rexy. Thank you for the question. All right, these viewers have perceived how much you guys love math. <sighs> Put on your thinking caps. What right. is Chris Carter's jersey number plus Randy Moss's jersey number divided by Frank Tarkenton's jersey number? Chris Carter plus Randy Moss, that's 80 and 84, so that's 164, divided by Tarkington, divided by 10, so that would be 16.4, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Domino, we got Jeez. your question in a row. Oh. <laughs> Domino and Rexy, thank you very much yes. for that cool question. All right, the next three questions come from our own Tony Bell from the Gallahorn. Oh man, the machine! Oh my God, the we're machine? done. We're done. We're just yeah, we, we quit. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna take this segment out. Tony Bell, really? Questions from Tony Bell is being like looking up in your rearview mirror and seeing Dale Earnhardt coming around turn three. And meanwhile, Ricky Hunt trying to oh, and Earnhardt spins him out. We're done. We're just dead. Totally just put dude. it in the wall now. You got Tony Bell bearing down on you, man. It's not good. Oh, it's Tony. There goes Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first one. What NFL team drafted Joe Cap in the 18th round of the 1959 draft? Patriots. That's not correct. I've not. Let's see. Baltimore Colts. Tony stumped you. It's the Washington Redskins. Now he's right behind us and he's hitting our bumper. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, he's running you guys off the road for this one. Oh, this is going to be. Oh, is he? Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. Ready? In 1967, Joe Cap signed with the Vikings in the NFL. Three AFL teams also wanted him. Can you name those three teams? Buffalo? No, Buffalo's not one of them. Jets? Nope. New England? Oh, nope. the, I think one was the Raiders. Yeah, that's correct. One is the Raiders. Denver? Nope. Are you yeah, we're just going to go down until we get three. Yes? <laughs> I'm totally uh, guessing. Um, he ran, us, he ran us into what? It's not called the turnbuckle, is it? What's it called in racing? <laughs> it's the called the wall. The K-rail? Yeah. It's called the K-rail or something? The next question actually isn't Tony Bell. I, I forgot about this one. I threw in a Dalvin Cook question in honor of our jersey of the week. Okay. You kind of touched on this earlier, but here we go. Name the running backs who were drafted before Dalvin in 2017. There were two. McCaffrey? McCaffrey is correct. Well... That was my guess. Ted, you have to come up with the other oh, guy. Okay. Um, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. yeah. He just won a Super Bowl ring. Would it have been like no, Fournette? No. It was Fournette. Oh, it was Fournette. Yes. Welcome, Jeffrey, to Tunes Trivia. <laughs> Shower? All right. Our last question I have left for last because it is the very best and most special of all. Elizabeth, roll the clip. Which Viking finished his career with the Bears? Became a Minnesota Supreme Court Justice. That is my other grandchild, Gabriel, and I thought that was probably the best best question. Other than the, the question I got from Grayson a couple weeks ago, that was the best question in the show. Got some awesome grandsons, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I believe that answer would be one Mr. Uh, you have his jersey hanging up in the back. One Mr. Alan Page. That's correct. You what are a great correct. question. He's such a cool kid. I know. Thank so you, Gabriel. Cool. Thanks, Gabriel. Love you, buddy. All right. Hi, we'll definitely. see you guys next week for Toonsis Trivia. Thanks, Toonsis.
Thanks, Toots. That was a lot of fun. Well, I don't know. I think we got like four or five right. Everything was going good till Tony steered us into that wall. <laughs> One hour later. But I don't want to change your life. There's a warm wind blowing the stars around. <laughs> and I really want to see you tonight. Really want to see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a uh, new segment we're starting this week. Now that the, the playoffs are over, our playoff pick segment is over, we're going to roll into uh, viewer questions. And you can contact us on our, our show page on Twitter, which is at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. On Facebook, Vikings Report Doer Ted. Hit us up with your questions. Uh, you can submit a video in the message. Type in a question. We'll, we'll answer them that way. So, Tunches, what do we got tonight? All right, let's start with our beloved Mary Fisk. Mary Fisk would like to know how you guys became Viking fans. It was a cold, wintry day. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Wait, 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 wait. Which was it? <laughs> in Port Huron, Michigan. Uh, no, I, I had fallen in love with football when I was about four years old. I took a year spending watching it. And then in 1970, I opened up the sports section and there was a picture of Roy Winston. You remember him, the old linebacker yep. and Carl Kasalki standing there. They had just played the lions. I remember looking at it going, that's my team. And I told my mom, that's my team. They're all muddy. They had the Viking horns on. And I just, that was it. And that's been my team ever since. You know, I grew up, I was born in Minneapolis, grew up in Richfield and East Grand Forks. I remember as far back as, as the 1973 season. That was the year they went to Super Bowl VIII. The, the first game I remember watching kind of almost all the way through, the Vikings played a Monday night game against the Atlanta Falcons. They ended up losing the game 20-14. to 14. But former Vikings backup quarterback Bob Lee was the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons that night. I don't know if, if what your household was like as a kid, but when Monday Night Football came on, you know, I was eight years old, I think, seven years old. I could watch the halftime highlights with Howard Cosell, and then I had to go to bed. But that night, that was the first time that I can remember the Vikings being on Monday Night Football, and I asked my dad if I could stay up and watch the game. And so my dad puts on this big, big production. Well, you know, it's really late and past your bedtime, and I, you got to get up and early and go to school. And But he let me stay up. The great Don Glover. The great Don do. Glover, yeah. So was, I couldn't believe it. I was like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I'm watching the Vikings play. And, <laughs> and they lost. I'm like, why would Bob Lee do that to his former team? Why would he beat his former team, Dad? That doesn't make any sense to me. That is when I really remember. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm all in with this team. Was that Monday night game? That was kind of what did it for me. What was that game you were watching with your dad when you got all mad at the beginning and he told you to settle down? What was the that? Jets, the Jets game in, in either, I think it was 1975. Tell that real. I know we're. I don't want to get off topic here, but tell that. That's a funny story, dude. Yeah. So the Jets weren't that good, and the Vikings. You know that they, that was kind of the the latter days of the Purple People Eaters when they were great. They were going to the playoffs and winning the division every year, and they just stunk. They were having a really bad game, and they were losing to the Jets. God, I was just mad. I'm like, why are they playing so crappy against the Jets? Just this terrible. And my dad said, you need to calm down. You know, there's a lot of football left to be played. And I, I'm not kidding. Not not more than two or three plays after that, the Jets had to punt from their own end zone. Got blocked. And the, and the Vikings blocked the punt out of the end zone. They got a safety, and they ended up winning the game. And that took them from one point behind to one point ahead. I think they went went ahead like 22-21 at that point. They were losing 21-20. And then they scored a late touchdown and won, won the game 29-21. At the end of the game, my dad is like, see, I told you. He's got to be patient. They're, they're, they'll figure out a way. They almost always do, son. It's just You can't get so mad. It's just It's just football. So, yeah, I, yeah, I remember that game, too. That's awesome, dude. Thank you. Yeah. I'm always good for Don Glover's stories, man. <laughs> All right. 
One more of your question. Let's ask this question from Twitter. This comes from Big West Rocks. He wants to know, just how much of a voice does Zimmer have on draft day? Do you believe he has as much influence as he did his first couple of years here? I, I would hope so, because I think when it comes right down to evaluating football talent, I'd certainly want Mike Zimmer to have maybe the last call, especially over Rick Spielman. I think it kind of is a collaboration of Zimmer saying, these are the type of players I want. And then the scouting department and Spielman get those players. I would hope to say that Zimmer would have the last say on, okay, this is who we're going to get out of this group that you brought me. I couldn't really tell you if he has the last say in it, but the guy knows, especially with defensive players, I'd want Mike Zimmer picking my defensive guys. My offensive linemen, probably not, but this is kind of my theory. I think when Mike Zimmer first got here, him and Rick Spielman were on the same page, pointing in the same direction on the types of players they wanted. I, I think they agreed on who they were going to get for both defensive and offensive players. And, and it showed, and, you know, a 2014 draft, they got Anthony Barr and Teddy Bridgewater. 2015, they got Eric Kendricks. I mean, they, they had some pretty productive drafts early. I don't know what's happened. Again, this is just my own personal theory, but I, I think there's been a break in terms of what the priorities are in terms of players that Mike Zimmer wants versus what Rick Spielman wants. There's reports that Mike Zimmer didn't want Kirk Cousins and Rick Spielman sort of forced the issue on everybody. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think that Spielman's influence is more obvious in these last couple drafts. I think if Mike Zimmer had his way, the Vikings would take a cornerback in the first round every single year. But I I think there's there's been kind of a break between the two on what their vision of the team is compared, you know, what Zimmer's vision of the team is compared to what Rick Spielman's vision of the team is. And I, I think you can kind of see that since the end of 2017. The talent on this team has has slowly kind of dropped. It's it's on a on a slow glide plane down. It's I don't know what the deal is, but there's there's something there between Spielman and Zimmer. I think something, something disconnected. I, I believe so. Yes, I, I agree, too. I agree with that. Let's just hope that cat that just took off for Denver wasn't the guy that picked all the good players. George Payton. <laughs> that was kind of the rumor. Rumor was he was the best talent evaluator in that front office. And a lot of the good drafts and a lot of good players picked were because of George Payton. We'll see, we'll see what happens. All right. So that's it for questions. Thanks, Tunes, for reading off the questions. Um, that'll pretty much wrap it up for tonight. Once again, folks, thanks for, for all your support. You know, we're, we're just flying in terms of subscriptions and people that are doing the show can't thank you enough. Can't send enough thanks out to Liz for, for the great job she does in post-production. Tunes with the great questions and the, and the trivia and the, and the viewer questions. Uh, we'll try to do better next time. Drew, take us home. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Episode 8 is now in the books. Get signed up for that Justin Jefferson jersey. You can't win it if you don't enter. Uh, thank you, everybody, again for watching our show. We will certainly try to do better the next time. Say goodnight, Jeffrey. Say goodnight, Ted. Goodnight, Ted. See you, folks.